Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement from the Psalms and from the Proverbs. And today we are ready, or actually not the Proverbs, Ecclesiastes today. Uh, which we'll be finishing up, uh, chapter 12, and that's the end of Ecclesiastes, very short, 14 verses. But our main focus is going to be Psalm 69 today. Psalm 69 is a cry of distress, and many think that this applies to the suffering Christian. It applies prophetically to the suffering servant who was the Messiah. And, uh, yeah, let me just read to you real quick before I start. I'm going to go ahead and give you some commentary from Matthew Henry uh, before we start the reading, just to kind of set the stage. Here's what he says about this psalm that we're about to listen to this morning. He said, David penned this psalm when he was in affliction and in it. And he complains of the great distress and trouble he was in in earnestly begs God to relieve and succor him. He imprecates the judgment of God upon his persecutors. He concludes with the voice of joy and praise and assurance that God would help and would do well for the church. Now, in this, David was a type of Christ, and diverse passages in this psalm are applied to Christ in the New Testament and are said to have their accomplishment in him, and refers to the enemies of Christ, so that, like the 22nd Psalm, it begins with the humiliation and ends with the exaltation of Christ, one branch of which is the destruction of the Jewish nation for persecuting him, which the imprecations here are predictions of, In singing this psalm, we must have an eye to the sufferings of Christ and the glory that followed, not forgetting that the sufferings of the Christian, too, and the glory that shall follow them, for it may lead us to think of the ruin reserved for the persecutors and the rest reserved for the persecuted. So that's kind of his little introduction to commentary on Psalm 69. So it's going to encaps the sufferings that we deal with from oppression, from the wicked. It's a picture of the suffering of our Messiah. And at the same time, it's a picture and a reminder that there's coming and reserved judgment for those who persecute and there's rest and eternity for those who are persecuted let's have a look at the psalm this morning king james bible i pray in the powerful name of jesus that your hearts will be pierced and that you'll be blessed strengthened and encouraged this morning psalm 69 verse 1 Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. 
I am come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying, my throat is dried. Mine eyes fail while I wait for my God. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine head. They would that destroy me, being my enemies wrongfully or mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. O God, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee. Let not them that wait on thee, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those that seek thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. Please note, verses 5 and 6, I really appreciate David says, God, you know, right? Like nothing's hid from you. You know my foolishness. You know the stupid things I've done. And my sins are not hid from you. Like you know everything that I have done, good, bad. But please don't let your people be ashamed because of my stupidity, right? Like you're the God of the universe. Please be faithful and kind and merciful in spite of the fact that I've really messed up many times. That's what I feel like I hear David saying in those two passages. Let's continue. Verse 7. Because for thy sake I have borne reproach, shame hath covered my face. See, here he's saying, I'm suffering because of my relationship with you. I'm suffering because of my relationship with you, because of my allegiance to you. Because why? Because the world hates God and anybody who follows him. Verse 8, I am become a stranger unto my brethren and an alien unto my mother's children. For the zeal of thy house hath eaten me up and the reproaches of them that reproached thee are fallen upon me. When I wept, and chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach. I made sathcloths also my garment, and I became a proverb to them. They that sit in the gates speak against me, and I was the song of the drunkards. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in the acceptable time. O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of thy salvation. Deliver me out of mire, and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me, and out of the deep water. Let not the water flood overflow me, neither let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, and hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw nigh unto my soul, and redeem it. Deliver me because of my enemies. Thou hast known my reproach, and my shame, and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before thee. Please note, I think that the next few verses as we 
come to the end of the psalm or really what hits home about the type of about the psalm being applied to the type of Christ being applied to that to the suffering of the Messiah verse 20 reproach hath broken my heart I'm full of heaviness I looked for some to take pity but there was none and for comforters but I found none they gave me also gall for my meat and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink let their table become a snare before them and that which should have been for their welfare let it become a trap let their eyes be darkened that they see not and make their loins continually to shake pour out thy indignation upon them and let thy wrathful anger take hold of them let their habitation be desolate and let none dwell in their tents for they persecute him whom thou hast smitten and they talk to the grief of those whom thou hast wounded an iniquity unto their iniquity and let them not come unto thy righteousness let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous I am poor and sorrowful let thy salvation O God set me up on high I will praise the name of God with a song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving this also shall please the Lord better than an ox or a bullock that hath horns or hoofs. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. A few more verses here. Verse 33, For the Lord heareth the poor and despises not his prisoners. Let the heaven and earth praise him and the seas and everything that moveth therein. For God will save Zion and will build the cities of Judah, that they may dwell there and have it in a possession. The seed also of his servants shall inherit it. And they that love his name shall dwell therein. Now, my friends, is Psalm 69. Uh, the one passage really points out that idea that this is prophetically talking about the suffering of of Messiah. It says, They gave me gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. David prays, hey, he prays for the destruction of the wicked. Um, what's he say? Blot them out. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. For they Verse 26, For they persecute him whom thou hast smitten, and they talk to the grief of those whom thou hast wounded, and iniquity unto their iniquity, and let them not come unto righteousness. Let them be blotted out for the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. Let their habitation be desolate, and let none of them dwell in their tents. Man, I, I often find myself grieved and upset when I look at the world and how the wicked just continue to grow old in their wickedness. And I just, and most, you know, I would say the average person, most of humanity doesn't really see what's going on. Doesn't really have a clue of 
what how much evil the wicked really is doing to them how they're harming them through every avenue of life from every corner the level of my point is is the level of wickedness that they're actually getting away with is far worse than what most people realize most people realize that they're evil and they're getting away with a lot of evil but they have but most people don't realize just how dark and deep that wickedness goes and i just keep waiting on god like when are these people going to fall into their own traps when are they going to be hanging on their own nooses when are they going to be trapped in their own snares like when god how long shall they do this wickedness upon the whole earth the things they're doing they're doing to all of humanity it's no longer like they're doing this in america or they're doing this in germany or they're doing this in australia or they're doing this in china this is or in russia it's everywhere humanity is under the foot of these devils right now and our only hope is is messiah our only hope is christ our only hope is jesus our only hope is god Let me continue our study for this morning. We have 14 verses to wrap up Ecclesiastes. And then I would I would guess next week we'll probably do, just restart um, the book of Proverbs. So let's see what these last few verses have to say for us. The headline is, the best thing possible to the natural man. So let's hear these words of wisdom this morning. 14 verses. Let's begin. Verse 1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look out the windows be darkened, and the doors shall be shut in the streets, and when the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Also when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and the desire shall fail, because men goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Vanities of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. Please note, this has been, in my opinion, the main point that Solomon's been trying to make with these 12 chapters. He's saying everything here 
is eventually going back to dust. Everything here is going to rot and decay. It's all for nothing is basically what he's saying. Vanity is vanity. You see, Jesus teaches us to, to not store up treasures here. He says, what's the point? Somebody could break in and steal it. Rust, moth. Instead, store up treasures in heaven. Store up treasures that will be with you forever. For all eternity. Where somebody can't steal it. And there is no rust and decay. Solomon's coming to this come to this realization because of his great wisdom and everything that he's seen and he's been able to indulge every fleshly thing that the world has to offer. He's had everything there is. And he says it's vanity. It's worthless. It's a vapor. That's what he's saying. Verse 9, and moreover, because the preacher was wise, he's referring to himself as the preacher, he still taught the people knowledge, yea, he gave good heed, and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads, and the nails fastened by the master of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. And further by these, my son, be astonished, or be admonished, I'm sorry, of making many books, there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. I'm going to read those last two verses again here in a second, but I just want to remind you what David said in the psalm that we just read. Let me just read it. Give me a moment here. I don't want to just do it by memory. I want to read it straight out. Verse 5. O God, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee. Solomon says it's all vanity. Right? It's all just... What's the point? Talking about you know, seeking to obtain in this world he even goes on to say hey my he's talking to his sons be admonished of making many books there is no end and much study is a weariness of the flesh and then he says here's the best thing possible here's the best here's the here's what really matters you want to know what your purpose is Here's what he says. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Here's what matters. Fear God. Keep his commandments. Why? For this is the whole duty of man. Why? For God shall bring every work into judgment and every secret thing. 
See, David said, my sins are not hid from you. There is no secrets with God. With every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Yes, the wicked grow old in their wickedness and they continue to get away with their murder, rape, pillaging, poisoning. I mean, the list of wickedness goes on and on and on. But there's a day when God's going to bring everything into judgment, whether it be good or bad. And some are going to go into everlasting life. And some are going to be raised to destruction. I pray you've been blessed this morning, and I hope the Word of God has pierced your hearts and strengthened you and encouraged you. Thank you for listening. That's all I have for you this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.